Welcome to episode 56 of the A Free Spirit Life podcast. Hello, my friend. I am so happy that you're here today. I am Shannon Kinney-Dew, holistic life and spiritual coach and a human design specialist, and I am sharing such an amazing conversation today with Tiffany Baker. Tiffany is an entrepreneur. She is a spiritual guide and coach, and she recently learned that she is a projector in human design, and we take a deep dive talking about how just learning about her projector nature only seven months ago since we recorded this How freeing that has been in her life. I love the way she describes learning about being a projector, what it has done for her energy, how it has helped her embrace why she always felt tired before, how she needs more downtime than most, and how she's created a business that allows her to work when she feels like it, when she has the energy to do it, and how she allows herself to rest and restore without being mean to herself in the process. She is a true testament to what it means when you live more in alignment with your natural energy type, when you live more connected to your authentic self. And what she'll talk about is exactly why I love human design, is I'm not telling you something new. Even the chart that you get, you know, your chart, when you were born, you were imprinted with this information. It's what makes you, you. And yet it's something that you've already known about yourself. You've known this about yourself from the moment you were born, but over time you've had experiences that have pulled you away from that knowing. And so human design affirms and validates what you've already known about yourself. And when you have the language to explain, why am I always tired as a projector? Why can't I work like everyone else? It is massively freeing and empowering. And it just makes you feel better in all areas of your life. And that's what this conversation is today. So If you want to learn more about Tiffany, find her on Instagram, and her handle is at RevTiffanyBaker. That's R-E-V-T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-B-A-K-E-R. If you're not on Instagram, you can also go to her website, and that is RevTiffanyBaker.com. But go to her information on Instagram, and you can click her bio to learn about her private coaching. She also offers a really great winter week challenge, and you can learn all about that because she's really into honoring your energy. And for some of you, that winter week is going to be speaking to you because it's all about resting and honoring your need for retreat, for renewal, for rejuvenating time that may not be like everyone else. But if your heart's longing for it, then you know to check it out. Enjoy the conversation today. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend, Tiffany Baker, to the show. We haven't talked in a while. We just decided we're going to jump right in and start recording and see where this beautiful update takes us. So, Tiffany, welcome. 
Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's just always so nice to be in your presence. And um, I would love just for you to take a moment to share a little bit about who you are and Mm -hmm. the work that you're passionate about. Sure. I'm happy to do that, Shannon. Um, We have a lot of similar interests. So (laughs) um, I am a spiritual coach and a digital creator and an entrepreneur and a retreat leader. And all of that is very, very different than my formal training. So I, my formal education is I have an undergraduate degree in education. I was an elementary school teacher for a handful of years. And then my graduate degree is actually a master's of divinity. So I went to seminary and um, had a job as a local church pastor for seven years. So, so my formal training and my current vocation are seemingly very different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I am a recovering everything they don't have groups for, right? So I'm a recovering, uh, achiever, a recovering persister, a recovering people pleaser, a recovering perfectionist. And so they don't, they don't have like meetings and basements for those kinds of things. So I've, Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of that recovery work in like groups on my own. (laughs) Yes. That's probably where we relate the most. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, recovering a self-doubter too. Yes. Yes. That's a good one for sure. Mm. For sure. You know, it's interesting. I'm also a recovering, like I noticed as I was preparing for this conversation with you that I had a lot of anxiety come up around this idea of performing smartness. Mm, Interesting. Because so much of my life and my achievements on paper have been when I performed smartness. Like, I think I am smart, but like I have existed in head dominated spaces for so long. Yeah. So long. So like performing smartness and not sounding dumb is a huge anxiety of mine. So like how this plays out, I was thinking about it. Um, I like, even in graduate school, I never contributed. Like I never raised my hand because it was such a head dominated space and I didn't trust my own gut wisdom, right. To to contribute anything meaningful to the conversation and just performing smartness on everywhere in my papers, in my preaching. And when I was a preacher, I would even write out my entire sermon. And it wasn't because I couldn't memorize things. Like I know how to memorize things, but it was because I, I, was so afraid of sounding dumb and so cognizant of trying to perform like smartness that I wrote out every single word. And then I read it on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. So to have this unscripted conversation. Are you breaking out into a rash? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I just had to really like talk myself through this this morning. Like, okay. Like you don't have to perform smartness anymore. Like this is not, this is a safe space. Yes. Like this is a safe space for your gut wisdom to speak. And I don't have to, like, I don't have to 
try to fit in in a head dominant space. So, mm, so many things are coming up for me when you say this, but, um, you know, we're going to talk about human design in particular, you as a projector today and your authority is splenic authority. And we'll share a little bit more about what that means, but just an intro to that is it's really about spontaneity and, and making decisions in the moment. And what I, and I have it as well as a manifester. And for me, I definitely got conditioned to, I love what you said, to perform smartness, to have the right response, to be overly prepared for whatever it was I was going to do. And I, you know, have since learned and practiced and returned to how much better I do and in the flow and just how less energy I drain when I embrace my splenic authority, when I start making decisions in the moment. And so you're absolutely right in a conversation like this, uh, you know, back in the day, I used to have a very scripted, even questions and like really like get nervous before even a podcast, or especially if I were the one being interviewed, uh, when I do classes, even now I have embraced this idea. I get myself in the zone and I, you know, kind of throw it out to the universe that I, that what I say, I hope will find the ears it needs to find. Right. And vice versa. And so, um, just you saying that puts both of us at ease and whoever is listening to say, where are the times where we've, you know, kept ourselves from speaking our truth, from sharing, from connecting, because we're trying to perform that smartness. We're trying to sound smart when the real scary thing is, can you jump unscripted? Right. 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 Yeah. And that's what we're doing today. Yeah. I <laughs> together. love it. I love it. Can I tell you one of the tricks I have discovered for myself? Yes. So one of the tricks that I have discovered is so when I used to go live on social media, which makes me want to die really most of the time. You do it so well though. I'm so proud of you every time I see it. Well, thank you. But it's interesting because I used to like make sure I was dressed, wearing makeup, my hair was done. I was in, I was like, had good lighting and uh, I had notes about what to say. And it just, it was exhausting, right? It was draining. And it, it, I also noticed that I just, I just, my energy was different. So one thing I've started doing is recording like going live or recording messages while I walk. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Because, because I can't perform, like I can't, put all my energy in performing smartness and, and looking <laughs> together when I'm walking. Cause otherwise you're going to trip right. on something. Right. right. Anyway. So, right. Right. Yeah. So, so if you follow me on social media already, you may have noticed that like, you're getting a whole lot more of like sweaty walking videos <laughs> mm-hmm. than yeah. Yes, but it's such a good practice. I'm glad you're sharing that because what is anxiety? Anxiety is energy that's stuck, energy that has to move somewhere. And usually it generates in our mind, which is, you know, overthinking and getting worried. And so all that energy has to move. So whatever it is that you have to do to perform, whether it's breathing, you know, um, but to be able to share while walking, 
already is releasing that nervous feeling and gets you in the flow. And that's really what this is about is when you're living more in flow, Mm. you feel better. Mm. You feel so good feels so good. So let's talk about it. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. Where to start. So why don't we first just kind of back up a little bit? Cause you, when you said you were a teacher or I, I forgot that's kind of when we first connected when you were hosting retreats, but you were also subbing, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of maneuvering through that up to now where you're at, just this amazing joy you're experiencing. Tell me what it was like to, and for those of you who don't know anything about human design, I have other past shows that really talk more about it, where you can find out your energy type. But today I really want to focus on projectors. And that's one of the five energy types in human design. Tell me what it was for you. What is a projector in your eyes? And what is it, what has it brought to your life to understand that? Mm, I, it has been such a gift to learn I am a projector. I don't even know how to, to describe to you how grateful I am. Mm. So you and I met for my human design reading on December 31st, mm. right? Wasn't Very, it? It was like that's right. of 2020. Yes. Or 30th yes. or some, it was like the very end of a very intense year. Yep. That's right. And it was just the exact thing I needed to hear in the exact moment. So my whole life, I have been tired. <laughs> oh, talk to my husband. Why are right? you always saying you're tired? And I'm not right? a projector. I am a manifester, but that is the same. What this is, is we have very different unsustainable energy. Whereas 70% of the population is some type of generator and they have consistent access to their sustainable energy. So if now, if you're a generator and you're tired all the time, there's other things that burn us out, but as a projector or a manifester or reflector, these, we get the tired. (laughs) So right. go. <laughs> right. So I, I mean, this has always been my story. I mean, I remember being teased as a kid for how early I went to bed or how tired I would get. And when I, w- I was, a, I was an RA in college and I remember being teased about how early I went to bed. Cause I went to bed at nine 30 or 10, which is really early for a college student. And you know, we have these large family gatherings at the lake and there's a billion kids running around who aren't taking naps, but I need a nap every day, every day, every day I want a nap. And so to discover, to hear you say, Tiffany, you don't actually have an internal renewable source of energy felt like there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember, I mean, first of all, I want to talk about like this period in my life like mid thirties, right? I had three small children under the age of five. And that's a whole nother story, right? Because parenting small children is always hard. And as a projector, I wish I had known I was a projector when I was parenting small children, because I would have done a few things differently. Mm -hmm. And I thought something was wrong with me. I was not the fun mom who was like designing all these like home projects and taking field trips and doing uh, that. Just, I 
just didn't have the capacity. I was also working full-time in a, in a career that required me to write and perform a sermon every Sunday. Right. Every wow. Sunday. Wow. So, and I remember doing everything I could to figure out why I was so tired. Like I went to my general practitioner. I went to my chiropractor. I went to, I tried a homeopathic, what's the DO kind of Mm-hmm. Functional medicine um, doctors. Yes. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I tried functional medicine. I tried herbs. I tried changing my diet. I tried adrenal supplements, right? Like I tried all these things and what I needed was just like an eight week nap mm-hmm. <laughs> for the rest of your life, like continuous, but right. yeah, <laughs> right. but yes, to right. recover. Yes. 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 And and so the, the timing of finding you or you and doing my human design reading coinciding with my youngest starting kindergarten and finally having three kids in school and like embracing this energy in my business and now having that time to work on it is just like, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm just so happy. <laughs> I wish you could all see her because she is, you're glowing, you're glowing right off the screen here. And, um, gosh, it just makes me so happy. I have such a love for you and for projectors, especially anyone who doesn't have that access to that energy, because, you know, I I've lived it too. And as a mother, it's especially hard, especially when you have generator children, which we found out you do. Oh, (laughs) and you're the only projector in your family. So in your immediate family and, you know, um, it's hard not to think something's wrong with us when we feel so different and um, top it with being an entrepreneur and a creator and a mother, you just can easily blame it on all those other things. So now that you've learned more about that for you, and you know, some projectors have this kind of At first, it can be kind of shocking for them to hear, like, you don't actually have to work like in the traditional sense that others do. Some are like, oh my God, I've always known this, like, you know, and there's a relief. And then some are like, what? Because especially if you're a little bit of a younger projector, what happens? You have all these open centers. You take in the energy, especially in your sacral, you take in the energy of everyone around you. And so you actually can seem like you have more energy than other people, but you're revving on borrowed energy. And so what you are learning to do is live more in tune with your design. When I'm tired, I rest. When I'm tired, I don't, you know, berate myself. I actually allow myself to rest there. I I actually don't allow my thoughts to go. What's wrong with me do more. And so tell me what it was like when I told you like, Tiffany, you don't have, you're not really here to work in the traditional sense, like two to three hours a day because projectors are so efficient (laughs) when they work. And let me just give an overview. A projector, you are the guide, you are the orchestrator, you are the um, director. And so it takes so much energy for you to see what you see, for you to know what you know, but you don't know that because you're just born that way. But for anyone who has a projector in their life, if you are one, you take in information from the world way different than other people. 
And you are here to be invited to share that beautiful wisdom that you are here to share with the world. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, you know, there's a two, this is a two-part question because it's coming up for me. One, what did it feel like for you to go, wow, you mean I don't have to work like and hustle like everyone else? And also, you know, um, that waiting to be invited, what does that mean to you where there's a kind of a healing process that happens for projectors where you feel um, people don't hear me mm. or they're not seeing, or you have to like, you know, it, be seen, but rather when you practice waiting, it seems like the right opportunities and the right people find you. Are you experiencing that? Yes. It's a double loaded question there. You yes. Go. <laughs> yes, I am. So when you told me that I was not made, created to work in the traditional way, I felt like it confirmed what my knowing has suspected all along. Mm -hmm. And it felt like I was thinking about how, so we have a Jack Russell Terrier. If you know Jack Russell Terriers, they must be generators, right? Like I was going to say, you even have, have like, a generator I dog. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> There's like massive energy, right? And I, I was thinking about how when we walk with her, she's 14, she's still, she's still not trained. Like she just, she just has to run, like she just is trying to get ahead of, and I'm always saying, you know, we're always saying Zoe, slow down like Zoe. And we're always pulling her, right? Like pulling her. And then there are times when you let the leash off of her and she can just run. That's how I felt when you told me. Mm. That gives me chills. I love it. Right. Like wow. I felt like you took my leash off and just said, okay, Tiffany run, run the way you want to run and be who you want to be. And it's funny, you know, you, you talk about projectors being very efficient and that is, I have experienced that. And I, can I share a little bit about what my typical, I'm using air quotes, you can't see them, but like my typical work day looks like. Please. So, this will be so wonderful. <laughs> so first of all, I have to say I have become completely unemployable. Like, <laughs> like, like not being an entrepreneur is no longer an option for me because I have com become completely unemployable. Fantastic. So my typical day, my husband is a nurse generator, by the way, a nurse who works very early shifts. So his alarm goes off at 4 a.m. So I wake up at between 4 and 4.30, like super excited to be awake. Mm -hmm. And drinking coffee in the dark is my favorite time of day. And I am the most creative and the most, I get the most downloads. Like I cannot, like I woke up recently with this poem, like this entire poem. And I just typed it in my phone notes before I even got out of bed because I just, I feel like I'm receiving information that I don't even know where it comes from. Like yes. I just know things in the morning, in the, in the dark hours of the morning. Right. So so my, I'm most creative between like 4.30 and 7.30. So mm. I, that's when I'm like writing posts or jotting down ideas or create, like I text myself. That's what I do is I text myself or write in my phone notes. And then I have to kind of pause for a bit and get my kids to school. And then I, I drop them off at school and I walk. So I walk for like an hour. 
and I often text myself. So if you see me walking, it looks like I'm walking and texting other people, but I'm really <laughs> just texting myself all the downloads I'm getting. Right? <laughs> I love this. All yes. the ideas I'm having. Yes. And then my client hours are like nine to 11. And it, and I remember being like, I get to decide when I ser- serve clients. Yes. So from nine to 11 is when I schedule my one-on-one sessions. Cause I'm still really like alert and ready. And then by like 1130, I'm done. I'm exhausted. One thing I have learned about myself is I will never meet you for lunch. Like I will never make lunch appointments again, because I'm like, I'm exhausted by lunchtime. I eat lunch and I take a nap on my couch every day. <laughs> oh my goodness. And has this changed because you are embracing your projector? Nature? Yes. Wow. For sure. Cause only recently did I stop making lunch appointments. I mean, when you're trying to fit in with a nine to five world and the only exception is my best friend, Shannon, we run a nonprofit together and that's really kind of her only availability to me is on the lunch hour. So I will make an exception for her, but otherwise I will not meet you for lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just won't. Yeah. If you want to meet for an eight thirty coffee, I can, I can maybe work you in, but, um, yes, I just, and I just stopped feeling bad about needing a nap every day. Yes. Because I just, that's just how I work. That's just how I work. I wake up at four four thirty ready to work. And at 1130 or 12, I'm spent. I have nothing left. I have no more. And so I rest, I nap usually about an hour. Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoon, I do like odd things. Usually that's kind of when I do my out of my zone of genius things. Like I don't have a team (laughs) or anything. So I have, that's when I like work on my website or set up an email, something, or do things that are really kind of outside my zone of genius, but don't require a lot of creativity. Yes. And then I go to bed by 8.30. Oh, this makes me so happy. I love everything you're sharing. You know, I'm going to share a little bit too about my schedule because I feel like it's going to be helpful for people to hear because one of the things we've been so conditioned since we started school or even, you know, younger is um, we live in a generator society that is very much nine to five and very, uh, and that works for a lot of people. And for some people, it doesn't, depending on what, you know, if you're happy in your work or not, but there is such, oh, I think an awakening happening, especially with COVID where people started to realize wow, I feel more free, even if it's just working in a different environment, like my home where I can make my own lunch and, you know, take an afternoon walk and I still get just as much work done. And I think a lot of employers and, you know, that are more innovative will continue to embrace this idea that people want freedom and individuality. And we're also very different. Um, but it takes that awareness. And this is why I love human design so much is it gives you the way to communicate something that you've always known about yourself. And then those things that you think what's wrong with me are actually your gifts. It's just how you are. And you, once you embrace that, you get the glow that I see, um, nodding back to me, you know, and I remember as a manifester, not having that internal energy, working a nine to five job thinking what's wrong with me. And this was years ago, but I remember even then this is my late twenties. I said, this will be the last job I interview for. 
because I had the same, what'd you say? You're unemployable. <laughs> I had the same desire to be my own boss, to be, have a lot of freedom. And as a manifester, what's different about us is we initiate, we start things, we light fires. So for me to like, you know, see you like to be able to light a little fire in you as a projector, and then you just go and run with it. Like that is my greatest joy. And so that takes a lot of energy to initiate, to start new things, to create new projects. So I create, 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 and then three days of rest. <laughs> and then I come back, I'm ready to create. And then I have to rest. And so I'm doing a very similar schedule where it's my morning time. I do my morning walk. It's my self-care time. And then it's my work time, but I don't book past noon. And my husband, who's a manifesting generator, who has millions of projects always going on at, at once. He's like, what's going to happen when you get overbooked? I'm like, it's not going to happen because <laughs> I only block out this schedule, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a really great practice. So yeah, there are days where, like I told you last night, I was bent and I went to bed like at eight o'clock, but my energy does come back. And it's, right. it's just being able to understand that there isn't something wrong with us. We just operate differently and we are that unique part of the puzzle. So it just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So anyone listening, who's like, what's wrong with me? Pay attention. What are you saying? Um, what are you thinking that is wrong with you? Because there are um, ways to shine light on that, to be free of that, to take the leash off and run. Mm -hmm. I oh, love that visual. Amazing. Well, and I was thinking about how this information really, like to really fully embrace your, your energy type, if you are not the typical generator, right? Which you said 70%. Mm -hmm. So it requires a lot of trust, right? Because, because you have to trust that resting, that actually doing less will pay off or will lead you to your next idea or will get you where you want to go because it feels like we should just push through. Right. And that's generally what happens to projectors is around the age of 40 ish, we, you, it's burnout time. So there's, there's a, you know, some type of massive fatigue going on. And so for most of the projectors I've spoken to, there is a sense of like, I've always known this about me, but I've just tried to keep running with, with the crowd. Right. And so if there's only 20% projectors in a classroom, maybe two, you know, maybe three, I'm raising a projector right now. And so um, here's another thing. If for anyone who, you know, is learning about this as a projector or, or has one in your family, invite them to participate. Tell me a little bit about feelings in the past where maybe you weren't hurt. Maybe you said something and you just didn't feel heard or it, mm. have you ever had those kinds of feelings where it's like, hello, look what I can do. And it's, I noticed that in my family, as a, I have a one projector, we're, we're all loud and talk a lot and, you know, can talk over him. And I, and, and knowing that as a mother, I really am aware to ask him, well, what do you think 
And he always says something that blows my mind, Mm. but he otherwise kind of sits back and you have a two in your profile. And so does he, which Mm. is called the hermit. (laughs) Mm. And it's, it's, you know, you love to be alone. You love your own time, but it also kind of gives you that, you know, type of personality that says, I I'm not good at lunch. I'm not good till I get my naps. I, I crave my alone time but you also want to participate. So Mm. talk to me a little bit about that. Yes. So the thing that's immediately coming to mind, I'm going to trust my splenic, my splenic (laughs) authority. authority, So the thing that's immediately coming to mind is this one class I took in seminary and it was a very head dominant space. It was a very masculine space which I think is side note, I could digress, but I think this is one of the nuances of patriarchy is that we is that we have to exist in these head dominant spaces that don't honor the wisdom of intuition. Yes. Okay. So I was in this lecture style class in this very traditional head dominant course and 10% of our grade was class participation. Mm. And I could not make myself raise my hand. Like I could, like I could not make myself try to talk over people or, or raise my hand or like, I just, it was awful. And I remember my professor actually kind of pulled me over. He didn't really know me because it was a large class. And after I turned in my second paper, And he was like, okay, she's not dumb. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He pulled me aside and he's like, I I don't know how to grade. Like, I don't know how to do your grade because like you should not get your class participation grade. But also I I see from your paper that you're paying attention and you know what's going on. Mm. And I didn't have the language to say, well, maybe you should figure out how to invite me to share, right? (laughs) Yes. I just just kept thinking something was wrong with me and I have to figure out how to get my participation grade. Yes. Now I did have some courses in seminary where, and they were led by females and it was a very different kind of space, right? Like we sat in a circle instead of a lecture course Mm -hmm. and they did know how to invite. And I shared a lot in those courses. So yes, being invited to share and feeling heard is so powerful. And when I first left my job, so I left my traditional nine to five job, I thought I wanted to write and I thought I wanted to be a published writer. And the thing, the obstacle that kept getting in my way was the size of my platform, Mm -hmm. which is basically how many people are listening to you. Right. And trying to get people to listen to you, like trying to clamor above the noise feels exhausting to me. Exhausting. It's back back with your leash on basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So trying to trust that the right people will find me, that the right people will share my stuff and that that will invite a greater audience to find me is requires a lot of trust, but is also very powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so true. And, you know, the word trust keeps coming up. Like it's, um, 
we basically from a young age are kind of taught to distrust and you know that's what this work does whether it you know whatever healing modality we we turn to we are all really coming to a place of wanting to learn to trust ourselves again and how do you do that and you know I would ask you like thinking through um, the little things, you know, I always think about when you're learning how to listen to the wisdom of your intuition, start with the little things, you know, whether you have sacral authority, which is like all about gut, trusting your gut, what does your body tell you? You know, human design is not about we, our mind is brilliant but it's not a decision maker. So, so intuition is in the body somewhere. Some of us need to speak it out to really hear our own voice, to really understand our intuition. Some of us, it's like an inner and for splenic authority, you and I, it's like an inner, it's, it's like a lit up feeling inside where you just know. But we have to start small so that we can really start using it with the bigger things that are scary. So do you have any suggestions or even anything coming up for you as far as like, how do you take the steps to start trusting yourself, trusting your intuition? I think the first thing I did was replace what should I do with what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. Huge. And I remember when you and I had our session, I shared with you that we had just ordered Chipotle. Do you remember this? Oh, I do. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So we had just ordered Chipotle and I'm like, I'm a recovering restrictor too, right? Around everything. Mm -hmm. And so I never let myself order rice. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just take a moment, right? To appreciate (laughs) All our, all our food restrictors out there. That's right. And I had this moment where I, like I, this, I just had this knowing that I really wanted rice in my burrito, which would mean I had a tortilla and rice. Mm-hmm. And I let myself order the rice. And I shared that with you and you celebrated that with me. So yes. that's yes. where it started. And then what has been so incredible is your encouragement to be what you called impulsive, which I had all kinds of negative shame about. Like I have a lot of negative stories in my mind about what it means to be impulsive and that it means you're not being logical, realistic, um, making really bad choices. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So your challenge to me to, to trust my impulsive intuition has has been so fruitful in my life. So one example is my sister in March asked me if I wanted to go to Hawaii as a joke. Like she was like, because she has a timeshare and she was trying to use up this week. And I turned 40 in June and she turns 50 in October. And so she just playfully was like, want to go to Hawaii? And I said, I do. (laughs) What was now? Were you on the phone or did you see her face? She responded. I couldn't see her face, but she was like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) is this my sister? Right. (laughs) 
She's like, wait, wait, what? And I was like, I, I do. Like, I do want to go to Hawaii. And so she's not a projector. I would be curious to know what she is. I, my sense is she's some kind of manifestor generator. So she makes things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like within an hour, she's like, oh, we could, we could book these flights and we could book, we, you know, we could find like a one bedroom timeshare condo where we had, could have a kitchen so we could make our own food. And it happened so fast. And I was like, okay, I should probably run this by my husband. <laughs> and he was like, well, I mean, I, I guess if, I mean, I had a free place to stay. He's like, I guess if you have a free place to, oh, I had points too. Like I had free miles. So everything was free. He's like, I don't see why not. Like, and so we planned this kind of last minute trip and we had, it was probably the best trip of my life. So you went, I went the best trip of your life. This it was summer. the best trip of my life. It was by far the best week I've ever spent with my sister. Like the best time we've ever had connecting. And, and she invited you. So the flow of your energy was already naturally came to you. Yes. That is so incredible. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, you know, from little things like I want rice to big things like I, yes, I do want to accept this invitation Mm -hmm. to Hawaii. Um, Yes, I'm shortening the time between when I know something and when I act on that uh, knowing. There you go. That's a perfect way to say it. You know, I had a similar thing happen to me. I um, have a friend who lives in California who called me up and said, you need a beach vacation and we're going to be in Costa Rica. You can have our house and you can stay here for free. And I knew, and it was at the time I wasn't ready to fly and I have three kids and it was summertime and my husband's work schedule is crazy. And he had all these projects that were due and I I just knew he wasn't going to be able to go. So I went and, you know, asked him or, you know, offered this idea up and he's like, I just, I can't take that much time off. And in that moment, it was like everything in my, my body was like, cause I've been, I've been getting these in- intuitional hits to get out West. I've been craving the mountains, craving the desert. I said, I'm going, I'm going. And he said, you should go. And I went on a 17 day road trip with my boys all over the West. And same thing, Tiffany, it was. I just knew everything in me said, you have to do this. And, but I didn't know why my old self would have questioned it, would have had to think about it, would have slept on it and would have let that intuitional hit just fizzle out. And so that's what happens with, you know, if you have this splenic authority, it's like, it comes and then it's gone. And and what I hear you saying is you're listening and listening and really listening. And you're really showing the universe that like, I'm listening because more of these surprises keep coming your way. Mm-hmm. It's so magical. Mm-hmm. And so for those listening who are like, I don't even know, I'm not connected to my intuition. I didn't know where to start. I think one thing that's helpful is to write down your intuitional hits. When you feel like your gut is telling you something or your spleen is telling you something, or you just feel inside. I don't know how I know this but I just know if you're not quite there to act, write it down. 
and just start paying attention to how often something happens where you either talk yourself out of it or you lean into it. And I think that gives, that builds some courage. Yes. Start with the rest yes. too. Yes. Absolutely. I also would encourage affirmations. Like I would put, I put affirmations in my phone as a reminder so that they could go off. And so one of them, like two of the most powerful ones were my intuition is trustworthy. Mm, beautiful. Because I wasn't told that nobody told me that. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just like, I never heard that. Yes. Nobody yes. ever said that impulse, that intuition, that knowing is trustworthy. It's your gift. It is. It's your it teacher. Is. Yes, it is. So, so that was a powerful affirmation. And then I know I am being guided mm. was another one. That one actually goes off first in the day. So I wake up to this, to this affirmation that says, I know I am being guided mm. because Massive. yes, yes. So I guess that's a way of using my head, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm retraining my brain to be like, okay, brain, we're actually going to start trusting our intuition. <laughs> that's right. And when we look at your chart, you have a very active, you have kind of two centers going, you have this active mind, and then you have this like inner, you know, uh, knowing. And so highly intuitional, highly tons of stuff going on in your mind. And I also think, and I hope that you got this from your reading too, is that your mind is always going to be active. It's not going to be quiet. It's just, what are, what is you, what are you focusing on? What is your mind focusing on? And it sounds like it's much more affirming and positive. And, and, and I love when you say you're, you download, uh, these, you know, with this wisdom, because you have this channel 1156, which is literally like, ideas, just flowing, just pouring, just, and so you have ha found how to access that gift. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to the word trust, trusting that what you've been downloaded is what needs to be trusting that who you need to share those downloads with will come your way. Like, I mean, that is the glow that I see in you. And it just makes me so happy. Well, thank you. I, you know, I think another thing I'm trusting about these downloads is that they may not lead to the success. Again, I'm using air quotes that you can't see listeners, but um, I have reframed, you know, this is the recovering achiever. I have reframed what failure means, and you helped me do this, right? Like failure is simply feedback. And so I have this new image in my mind. You know, those children's menus that they have where there's like this big maze mm -hmm. and you're trying to get from point A to point B from start to finish. And like, you can't look at the maze, at least I can't look at this maze and know how to get from start to finish with one move right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you start moving and you run into a dead end. So you back up and you go a new path. Like I've started embracing that these downloads I get tell me which path to go, but they might lead to a dead end. Like I might, but that's okay. Cause that's just information. Like knowing where the dead end is helps me know I need to back up and try a different path. So that has been helpful too, because it would be easy to look at some of my downloads, right? Some of the ideas I've had and say, well, that didn't work. Yes. 
and it, it didn't work in that it didn't bring the income or the success or the audience that I was hoping for, but it worked in that it gave me information that I can use to pivot. And that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I did in that, where I launched my program last week. Yeah. So share about that. So first of all, I follow a businesswoman who is a projector and I love following her because she talks about not making a year long plan. Like she doesn't make a 12 month plan. She makes like a three month plan. And even that's kind of loose. Like you make me that is speaking such beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. I I get it. Uh I love, I love (laughs) not having a five-year plan or a 12 year, 12 month plan. Um, I would highly, if there are any other projector, any non-sacral energy people listening who are entrepreneurs or creators and follow generators, just watch how often you feel like you have to hustle like they do. Because I think it's a really, that's a whole nother episode that we can do just for women (laughs) entrepreneurs. But man, it took me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I took a lot of courses and listened to a lot of business people that were not aligned with my energy. So it's not helpful. But anyway, so my, my plan at the beginning of June was to launch beloved and enough after school started. And I did, I did plan it with my cycle, like, cause I'm learning to plan according to my menstrual cycle and my energy cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I did do that. Well, I was like, okay, this is after school has started. This is the week that I am most visible, have the most energy and can manage a launch. But then I didn't evaluate the plan. Like, right. I didn't reevaluate the plan between June and August. And so the day before the launch, I knew I didn't feel, I felt blocked. And I thought that block was fear. Like I thought I would just felt afraid because it does feel vulnerable anytime you offer Mm -hmm. a gift to the world. Right. And you don't know how others are going to receive it. So I just kind of worked through fear and I launched my program on Monday and I, I did all the things that you do in a launch, right? Like I sent the emails and I made the posts and I went live and I tried to hum, you know, create the hum. And like three days in, I was exhausted (laughs) (laughs) and I had made zero sales Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel sad about it. Yes, there it is. And so I asked myself, Tiffany, do you want to do this program you launched right now? And I knew the answer was no. I knew the answer was no. Mm -hmm. And so I saw, I did sit on it for a weekend. Like I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit on this for the weekend. I'm not going to worry about promoting the program. I'm not even going to worry about what I do instead, right? Because your fear can be like, well, if I don't launch this program, then what do I do instead? And then yesterday, I just decided to send out the email and to share this with people, right? Because it would be so easy to just pretend, to pretend that I'd had a whole bunch of signups and I was leading this program and that I was successful and it was fine. Or to explain it away as well, it's COVID, it's back to school, people are busy and distracted. But really, I wanted to claim that I didn't want to do this anymore, that I had announced it, and then I changed my mind. This is so powerful, because that is usually why 
we don't set healthy boundaries, why we don't speak up, why we don't talk about, you know, things that we feel embarrassed about or shame around. We keep quiet because we are so afraid of how we'll be perceived. And that, I mean, it's um, for you to just say, um, I changed my mind is um, not only a projector trait, but it's, it's very much what your splenic, what your intuition is doing because your intuition is alerting you when something feels right and when it doesn't. And you have a choice to listen or not. So that is a powerful example for you to share um, because there's, you're still human. You still have these like, oh no, what are they going to think? Or I'm, you know, right. Mm-hmm. But you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I had all this fear of, well, if I change my mind, I'm going to appear unreliable or I'm going to, re- you know, appear inconsistent or flaky. And maybe, I don't know, I can't really control how people perceive me anyway, but I also think that I'm, that by doing that, I'm attracting the people who are meant to work with me because (laughs) what I'm modeling is how to listen to myself. That's right. And the reason people are hiring me is because they want to learn to listen to themselves. That is right. And it doesn't matter about the number of people at this point. It's the quality. It's who the right people are. And that only comes when you're living in tune, in alignment, when you're experiencing that flow, because that's really what we're talking about is energy, money and making money, doing what you love is energy. It's like a giving and a receiving. And it's, it's, you know, how exhausting for you to manage a ginormous following of no one who's buying the product versus the right people who are in alignment with your message and who need to hear what you have to share, which is this amazing wisdom. I'm so grateful for your sharing. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I mean, (laughs) I, I'm going to use that maze, um, visual, um, because I was thinking as you were talking about from the start to the finish and we always, you know, the line is crooked. It's never straight in life. And we don't always know what that dead end is going to bring. Um, maybe there's a bench there and we just need to sit maybe a full on bed, (laughs) right? Right. Right. Maybe there's some flowers we didn't know were in the corner and we just kind of pick them and do a little twirl and take off to the next thing or a taco truck (laughs) (laughs) with a whole (laughs) lot of rice. (laughs) Right. Yes. 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 So lastly, as we're just wrapping up, what would you want people to know? Um, Let's talk to the family members or people who aren't projectors. Um, What do you want to know? Yes, go for it. Okay. So I thought about this. So here's what I want non-projector family members to know. Just because you, your, your loved projector needs a lot of rest does not mean they are boring Mm -hmm. or that life with a projector is boring right? Yes. And my husband will tell you this. My generator husband will tell you that I need a lot of rest. He knows this about me. We've been together 22 years. He knows (laughs) I love to nap. I'm going to nap. I need, I go to bed early. It's fine. 
but also life with me is not boring. I'm always the one. He's the grounded, steady energy and I'm the dreamer, right? Yes. I'm the, and so I'm the always imp- the one. The impulsive one. Yes. So yeah. I'm the one who always says, what if we did this? Or what if we did this? Or what? And so, so I think, you know, projectors get a bad rap for being, I don't know, boring, not fun. And that's not true. A well-rested projector is very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So let your projectors in your life rest when they need it. Yes. That is beautiful. (laughs) I love it. I love you. Thank you so much. I know we have so much more to talk about. I know. Can we do a part two someday? Because there's just so, I I just am so. We have to, because it's only been, I mean, what, seven months since you're reading yes. and look what you're already doing in your life. Just really trusting and trusting and resting a lot yes. of resting, a lot and of resting. Yeah. It's just beautiful. So, I mean, gosh, you've already been to Hawaii. I can't wait to see where your impulses take you next. It's just a joy to watch. Thanks Shannon. Thank yes. you. Thank you for gifting me with this information. Um, thank you so much, Tiffany. Well, after I stopped recording, Tiffany and I said what we thought were more brilliant things (laughs) to share with you. And so at some point after these next several months of her living by her projector design, we will definitely have a part two and see how she's doing. I hope that you found this show inspiring. If you want to learn more about Tiffany, go find her on Instagram, RevTiffany.com. Baker. You can go to the show notes for this episode 56 to get all those links. And if you're ready to energize your life and learn about your human design chart, go to my website, afreespiritlife.com. You can learn all about my mini sessions that are called Energize Your Life, or you can get a full deep dive reading and all that information is there. I am grateful that our paths have crossed and I can't wait to connect with you next time.